Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Now we recognize that as the announcement that was made by the uh, angel to the shepherd and telling them that, uh, that the king of Israel had been born and that they were to uh, take a journey, we'll discuss that in a minute, that they were to take a journey and go find him. Now, there is at this time in our society in the world, as a matter of fact, an intense focus on the birth of Jesus. Civilization views this as the beginning of the, of the greatest story on earth that's ever been told, with the most benefits for humanity. As with anything else, it's important that when we view any story, that we, we start at the beginning as close as we can get to the beginning, and then we keep everything in its sequence. When you tell a story, it's important that everything falls within a certain range or system where it corresponds with the actual events. So if you're going to tell a story, you should start before the beginning, or at the end, or in the middle. The story should be told as it unfolds. That way we get a clear picture of what's taking place. So let's start with this story. Obviously it's not the actual story that began in creation, but it's the actual story that began at the beginning of the life, human life of Jesus on this earth. So in order to start that story, we want to start with the uh, with Mary. Luke chapter 1, verse 26 and 38, because she would be the one that we would ordinarily begin our story with. So what we're going to do is hear the story read for us, then I'll make some comments as we conclude the section. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you, blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God." 
Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who is called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. This tells us that in the sixth month, that Mary was living in Nazareth, Galilee, and so was her future husband, Joseph. Now, when it talks about the sixth month, it's talking about the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth was the mother of John the Baptist, and this was Mary's cousin. So in that sixth month, Mary went to visit Elizabeth. And the angel Gabriel came to Mary, and by the way, this is the uh, the only time in the New Testament that the term angel Gabriel is mentioned, but he's mentioned in the Old Testament. Gabriel came and talked to Daniel back in Daniel chapter 8 and verse 16 and 9 and verse 21. And then, he, then, he's, then he's also mentioned in Zacharias in Luke chapter 12 verse 19. But it's the angel Gabriel and he's coming to talk to Mary. Mary was a young maiden. She was unmarried. She was betrothed. That is, she was promised to Joseph, which meant that she was a virgin, an unmarried young woman. And the angel said, and obviously it, uh, it was necessary, because the angel said, don't fear, fear not. Fear not, Mary. Then he told her what was going to happen. She was going to, she was going to bear a son. Now, if you can imagine, I'm sure we can't. We cannot imagine the fear and temerity that must have arisen in Mary's heart to think that she was going to have a son and she was not married. Mm-hmm. She had never known a man. And she was going to face a community that was very harsh on unmarried virgins, unmarried women, single women. She was unmade, she was a she was a unmarried maiden. And the angel Gabriel told her, and you'll notice that, in, that he told her specifically, I want you to call this child Jesus. Here, this is going to be his name. He was to be called the Son of God. The thing that was going to be developed within her, the child developed within her, was going to be the Son of God. Now Mary did not remain a virgin, although and this is where we need to keep the story straight. This was Mary's first child. She later had four boys and some girls. And these mm-hmm. are mentioned, of course, in Mark chapter 6 and verse 3. The brothers of Jesus by Mary would be James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. Now let's talk about her betrothed husband, which is being Joseph. We're just reading the text so we get the story straight. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, 
Do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Now Mary's genealogy, that is her ancestor, was traced back to uh, Abraham, and then finally back to David, and then through this, to the, not finally back to David, but finally back to Adam. So her genealogy was traced to Job, to uh, David, and then to Abraham, and then to Adam. Now, Joseph's genealogy is traced, that's in Matthew chapter 1, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 3 is genealogy of Mary. Then Luke, in Matthew chapter 1, the genealogy of Joseph is traced back from David to Abraham. Now, this was important because the promise had been made to David that of his children, of his seed, to become a king that would rule over all of Israel and over the whole world, as a matter of fact. Now, Joseph discovered, well, before they were married, Joseph discovered how I don't know Apparently, Mary began to show that she was pregnant. Now, he discovered that she was pregnant. And when he did, the text tells us, this text that we read tells us, that Joseph was a just man. He was conflicted. Now, they lived in a very harsh time for women. Basically, it wasn't because the Old Testament demands more of women than it did of men. But the men were supposed to be the leaders of women, and therefore they, they sort of took their role to, to their head and began to abuse their rights. But involved in this was the fact that if a woman came to a man and was not a virgin, being espoused to him and then came into marriage bed, not being a virgin, then she was to be stoned if they discovered that she was not a virgin. Well, mm-hmm. Besides that, there was the humiliation involved in an individual who might have become pregnant, a woman who might have become pregnant before she was married. And there are several detailed illustrations given in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 22 as to how they dealt with this problem. Now, the text says Joseph was a just man. He was compassionate. He wanted to be fair. He wanted to do the right thing. But at this point, he didn't exactly know what to do. So this text tells us that an unnamed angel, it doesn't say this was Gabriel, it was an unnamed angel, this angel came to him in a dream and said, Thou son of David, fear not to take Mary your wife. Now remember what Gabriel said to Mary? He said, Fear not. Mary was, was full of apprehension. She was full of anxiety. When she was told what was going to happen to her, obviously she would become how the angels thought. And here, the angel talks to Joseph and, and says, don't be afraid. I'm sure the man was afraid. He apparently loved Mary tremendously. He did not want to humiliate her publicly. He didn't want any harm to come to her. But he still wanted to follow 
God's regulations. So the angel came to him and said, Fear not to take Mary your wife. He was told that, that, that Mary was going to have a son by the Holy Spirit and that he was to call his name Jesus. Now, when we talk about children coming into this world, the first thing parents generally think about is what, what sex are they? Are they male or female? The angel gave Luke, told Mary he was going to get a boy. And Joseph was told it was going to be a boy, it was going to be a son. And so the first thing probably that popped into their mind was, what shall we name him? And so the angel gave Luke, told Mary, called him Joseph. This angel told Joseph, not Joseph, called him Jesus. This angel told Joseph, call him Jesus. So both of them, both of them were told, to call him Jesus, name him Jesus, and he did name him Jesus. The text says also in chapter 1 and verse 21 of Matthew that his name was Emmanuel because he would be God with us. He would be the Son of God. Mary and Joseph were then prepared. So these two texts tell us that they were prepared. Young people prepared to have a baby in a very extraordinary way. In a very, very unusual most highly unusual, one of a kind unusual way. They were going to have a baby. And that baby was going to be very important to the world. Now the baby did come. Jesus came. Luke chapter 2. We're trying to keep this in order. Now watch. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now Joseph and Mary lived in Nazareth, which was over 90 miles from Bethlehem, probably closer to 100. And their mode of transportation was walking. They walked, or rode on the back of the beast, which would be a small donkey or I'm sure they didn't have mules at that time. But the point is, they had to make an over a 100 mile journey. Now, why didn't they wait until after the baby was born? Why didn't they go before the baby was born? The problem was, when the Roman government said, come be taxed, they meant now. So they had no choice. Put a man in that situation, a man that is just and compassionate like Joseph, would he have taken his pregnant wife on that type of hard journey if he could have avoided it? Certainly not. Matter of fact, even in our day and age, we don't take a trip even with our modern conveyances when someone, when a woman is that close to delivering a child. Mm -hmm. But Mary was great with child, this text says. She was great with child. She was ready to deliver. It was inconvenient time, obviously extremely inconvenient. But there was a taxing decree. 
And so they had to go, and they had to go now. They had to be there at a certain time to be taxed, which meant basically that Joseph had to take all the documentation he had in order to show his lineage and the property that he owned and the business that he conducted. He had to take that to the city of Bethlehem along with everyone else who was of that lineage, which meant that that city was going to be teeming with people and there would be officials there registering everyone, people lining up, as a matter of fact, trying to get to their place where they could be taxed, be registered, and be documented. So all this was going on in this great teeming, sweating multitude. And here they were, a man, a young man, and his bride, and she was almost ready to deliver that child. Because he was of the house of lineage of David, he had to be there. And Jesus was born. No grandparents there, no mother, no grandpa, no grandma. No paternal grandparents. No cousins, no uncles and aunts. No one crowded around to wait to see the baby being born. Nothing like that. Matter of fact, they couldn't even find a convenient place for the baby to be born. And so they took him to a stable where animals were fed. And I'm sure that Mary made sure, and Joseph made sure, that the manger, which is where they fed the animals, that's actually where the feeding trough. I'm sure that Mary made sure that the straw was clean, as clean as it could be, before the baby was born. She may have had what, what they call handmaidens, or uh, nurses, who may have practiced help birth children. But, but there he was born. Nobody waiting to see what he looked like, who he favored, no one around. Think about it in terms of today. When a child is born, who is there? Everybody. In a sterile environment, in a very warm place, a very, very hospitable place, we're all waiting for the child to be born. Jesus was born in a lonely environment with only two loving parents there and maybe someone to help birth the child. Now that's the sequence. Mary was told, Joseph was told, Jesus was born, and the shepherds were told. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, good will toward men. So it was, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. 
And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Simple men. Now, I said no one was at the manger, but there was a lot of people looking along. Multitudes in heaven, and a great light shone round about, but it came to the shepherds. The shepherds were told they were given a, a simple sign. A great light was shining round about them, and they were afraid. They were so afraid. And then they were told to fear not. And they were going to find a babe in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. Now, that, that's not very definitive, is it? I'm sure there were several stables in the city of Bethlehem, especially during this time when strangers passed her. So they had to go from stable to stable, from place to place, and find a babe lying in a manger in swaddling clothes. That's what they were looking for. They said, they said, and what the angel told them was that in the city of David it was going to be born the Savior. So they went to Bethlehem because they knew that was the city of David. And they went with haste. And they found Mary and Joseph and the baby. And they, were, they were excited about it. And they left and went back to their flocks glorifying God and praising God. Now, this was the, these were the events. Mary was told, Joseph was told, Jesus came, the shepherds came. Now, the wise men came. Let's listen and see what happened to the wise men. Did they come to the manger? Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, and the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child, and when you have found him, bring back word to me, that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then, being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Wise men. Now, the Bible does not say that there were three wise men. The Bible says that there were wise men from the east. They had three different types of presents, and probably that's why they were called three wise men, but we don't know how many there were. They had seen the star in the east. We're just getting the story in its, in its uh, original form. They had seen the star in the east. How long ago, we're not sure. 
between the time that Jesus was born and the time they got to Jerusalem. But they came traveling, and instead of going to where the star was, they didn't know where it was, they came to Jerusalem and asked a question. They wanted to find out where, where the king of Israel was going to be born. And the scholars of the Old Testament said, why, it's going to be Bethlehem. They knew that. Micah chapter 5, verse 2 tells them of that. So the wise men, the Magi, as they're called, they went to Bethlehem, but not before Herod the king inquired of them and said, Now when you go, this is what the text is saying, when you go, let us know when you find him and come back and tell us where he is. Tell me where he is. So I can go worship him. Now we know that Herod had no intention of worshiping him. Mm-hmm. Herod was going to kill him because he would be a rival king for Herod against Herod. So the wise men coming from the east, they were told Bethlehem is the place, and they therefore went to Herod, went to Bethlehem, and they they discovered Jesus, who was the king of the Jews, and they followed the star. That's how they discovered him. They followed the star that led them to Bethlehem. They rejoiced the city with exceeding great joy upon seeing the young child and showered him with their gifts. Now, then they left. What we need to know is, where was Jesus when they found him? Well, he wasn't in the stable anymore. He was a child, probably may have been two years old by this time, when the Magi came. You will see the crèche figurines sometimes, when you will see the, which is the scene of the birth of Jesus. You'll see Jesus in a manger at the very angel standing by, and then the shepherds with their flock, and then you'll see my daddy. The Magi, the Magi wanted to find Jesus because they've seen the star of So we know it took them a while to get from where they were, which would be a Persia, to get over into the area of Israel. And when when they eventually came to the city of Jerusalem and found out from the scribes and the Pharisees, those who studied the scriptures, that Jesus was going to be born, that is, the king of Israel was going to be born in Bethlehem, then they made their way to Bethlehem, and in order to find Jesus, the star actually stood over the house where he was. And they went in and they worshipped him, and they gave him gifts. And then they were warned in a dream not to go back to Jerusalem, not to go back and tell Herod where he was, but to go back to their own country another way, which they did. Herod then was incensed about this. He was he was he was bothered, and of course, uh, this this tells us what happens in the next section in our series tells us what took place after the wise men had left the house where Jesus was born. He was at this point the young child. He wasn't just he wasn't an infant. Matter of fact, other texts in the New Testament tell us that Mary and Joseph had taken Jesus to the city of Jerusalem and had him circumcised, and then Mary had gone to the city of Jerusalem to have herself purified. So they went through all the rituals that the Old Testament law prescribed. But basically what we're talking about right now is that that Jesus was was a born now he needs to get away 
from the birthplace. So let's read this text in the book of Matthew chapter 2, verse 13 through 23. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night, and departed for Egypt, and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry, and he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and in all its districts from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, A voice was heard in Remah, Lamentation, weeping, and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted, because they are no more. Now when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the young child's life are dead. Then he arose, took the young child and his mother, and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea instead of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there, and being warned by God in a dream, he turned aside into the region of Galilee. And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets, He shall be called a Nazarene. So again, they made their escape. They made their escape into the land, and then, then uh, they went to Egypt. And Herod then came to the city of Bethlehem, and he cast a wide net, so that he killed every child, and every child under the age of two went to death. So that tells us a couple of things. One thing it tells us is that, that the wise men related to Herod what time they had seen the star, so that gave Herod an idea of a starting time when he should look. And then when they got there, then he, he knew that, that Jesus had been born. So he took some calculations and figured that by his reasoning, the child Jesus, who was going to be born of the house of David and become the king of Israel, would be at least no more than two years of age. So that tells us basically that Jesus was a young child, under two, when Joseph and Mary took him from Bethlehem, and Joseph, in all likelihood, had set up a business in Bethlehem. He was a carpenter. Mark chapter 6 and verse 3 tells us he was a carpenter, and that Jesus was the son of a carpenter. So he, in all likelihood, set up residence in Bethlehem, and was earning a living there, and then was warned of God in a dream and told that he'd better escape, because Herod was going to take his life, take the life of a young child. So they left. And the text says, Rachel was weeping for her children. Rachel, of course, was one of the uh, daughters of, not the daughter of, but was, was the wife of Israel, or Jacob. Now, the family fled to Egypt, according to Hosea chapter 11, verse 1. They went to Egypt. How long they stayed, we're not really sure, but we do know that the text says that they were told that they could come home because Herod had passed away. When they got close, they realized that 
Harold's relatives were still in, in uh, authority. So instead of going to Bethlehem, where they had feared that they might lose the life of their child, they diverted and went to Nazareth. Now the angel of the Lord told Joseph it was safe to go home. He was born again, took his family, and then went back to Nazareth. We're in, a, we're in a situation right now when we're thinking about the birth of Jesus Christ and what he did for us and how it came about. And the first thing that crosses my mind from these readings that we've been going through was that there was a great, great deal of turmoil going on, not only in the world, but within the people that were the main characters of the scene that was going to take place. It wasn't a peaceful time. It wasn't a quiet time. Mary was told that she was going to have a child and she was not even married. It was disturbing. Tremendously upsetting this young woman. And yet she accepted it. She said, she said, I'm your handmaid. To what we done. So she accepted what God told her to do. Recognizing that God would take care of her. What a time of turmoil. What about her husband? What would he think? Her spouse husband. What would he think? How would he react? How would the relative react? Well, she went to, obviously, she was concerned with us. She went to talk to her, to her cousin Elizabeth, who lived in the area of Jerusalem, and wanted to tell her what was going to take. She was comforted to some degree by, by Elizabeth's statement, by her recognizing that Mary was a handmaid of the And then Joseph was told, and Joseph was in the process of trying to figure out some way to get out of this jam and not humiliate his bride to be. He didn't, he didn't want to, he didn't want to embarrass Mary. He was upset, he was disturbed. Think now what happened on both of these individuals, both these young people. When Mary was told, the angel said, Fear not. Calm down. He consoled her. It's okay. It's okay. It's under control. It's under control. I'm going to say it now. Anytime Jesus comes into your life, it's okay. It's under control. Everything will be all right. And trust me, God said to the end. Trust me. It will be all right. I can't imagine myself. I can't imagine anything that would be more upsetting to a young woman than to find out she's a child. She's not married and she has no, no visible means of support. She's in a harsh environment where they could actually take her life of what was going on. But the angel said, Gabriel said, don't worry. Don't worry. It's like saying, Jesus is here. Don't worry. Do you? Then Joseph, the angel is not named but Joseph. And Joseph is figuring out, how am, I, how am I going to get out of this? His life was upset. Turned upside down. What am I going to do? What, how, can I, how can I help? What, what's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to my bride? What? And the angel said, Fear not, Joseph. Don't worry. Somebody's coming. Somebody's coming. The, the, uh, 
Shepherds, guess what happened to them? Right when I strolled around them, they heard a voice from heaven. You know what the first thing the voice says was? Fear not. Don't be afraid. Jesus is coming. Basically, that's what he said. Jesus is coming. Don't be afraid. Go down and see what's going on. And then, when the Magi came, they were all happy about what was going to happen. And all of a sudden, they realized they were in a dangerous situation. Their lives were being threatened. Herod had the, had the right to take their lives. These men didn't know what was going to happen. But they went ahead. They went over. They went to see Jesus. The young child, they gave the gifts. And then they were warned by an angel, be careful. This treacherous ground, go home another way. And then Herod took the lives of all the innocents that he find in a wide net, two years old, and other down He took their lives, and Joseph was told, get your child and get him to Egypt because he will be killed. I'm not sure any of us could ever imagine that. Maybe people that are in the war-torn countries can imagine what's going on. Someone wanting to kill your child. Someone wanting to take a baby's life. Tracking you down. Trying every way they can to find your child. Not you. Your child. So that they can snuff the life of that child out. These were dangerous, dangerous, treacherous times. And then... What they were told was, Jesus came, get happy. Great joy. Gladness and great joy. That's what they were told. That was good tidings and great joy. What I get from this, what I get from the story, basically, of the coming of Jesus is that God does wonderful things in the midst of our greatest fears and anxieties. When we are at our darkest hour, when things seem to be the bleakest, when nothing else could go wrong, that could go wrong in our lives, God places his hand on our heart and says, Let my son into your heart and fear not. Don't be afraid. Things are going to be okay. God brought his son into this world in the midst of troubles and fears and dangers. And he often brings the best things into our lives when it seems that we're distracted by terrifying concerns. He often does his best work, Jesus does, when we're at our worst, when we're having our hardest times, when we can't see the daylight for all the darkness that surrounds us, when we don't know what's going to happen next, when we don't know where we ought to go, what we ought to do, God brings into our lives his calming hand and says, Fear not. Trust me. I'll be with my, my son is here with you. That's what he did. He sent his son into this world. Finances, relationships, torn relationships, destroyed relationships, social upheavals, disasters, personal losses, difficulties, whatever it may be. When Jesus enters your life, just like when he entered the world then, when Jesus comes into your life, your troubles will be taken care of. 
he will be able to say to you, fear not. Everything will be alright. It will be alright. The power of darkness trade in bad news. Did you know that? Bad news is where the power of darkness wields its greatest force in our life. When we can't see, when we don't know, when everything's so dark around us, and when we're in such despair, Jesus brings the good news and the extreme happiness with the light. Good tidings and great joy to all. This season must remind us of how much God loves us. This season does that. When Jesus entered this world, he entered into a dark, dark world of chaos. And he corrected it. He gave it an opportunity to get better. Mm-hmm. And whenever Jesus steps into someone's life, that life gets better. The light turns on because he is the light. And the calmness prevails because he is the peace in our life. Joy and peace. Jesus brings with him. And this season must remind us of how much God loves us because he sent his son to die for us and he put him in that circumstance deliberately. He injected his son into a world filled and fraught with danger and turmoil and disaster. And yet he made him to be the king of kings and the Lord of lords, even letting down the cross for us, so that he could tell us, fear not. Fear not. Jesus is here. That's what he tells us. However desperately, however desperately we personally feel, God can take our desperation away and he can replace it with peace and joy. Joy to the earth. The Christ has come. I counsel you to think about the story of Jesus in these terms. In terms of Mary hearing that story when her heart was almost destroyed. Joseph, when he was upset, also upset. And the shepherds, just common men, didn't really know what was going on. They were, they were struck through the Spirit of God and said, Don't fear, don't fear. Under you born this day of Savior. Someone's here to help you. The Magi, they came to worship him. And he's still here. Jesus is still here. And he's still working in life. And he's still overpowering the power of darkness. Joy of the world, a Savior. Let's stand and sing our song.